0: There's always two sides to every story. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Girls Without Borders. Um, I am accompanied by my beautiful co-host, Nui. Thank you. Hi, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) And our wonderful guest, Rena. Hi. So, when we first started Girls Without Borders, the podcast, we promised you guys that we were going to be talking about everything, society and culture, from all different angles. So, today we're going to be looking at the other side of the hijab. A few episodes ago, we released an episode about the hijab from the perspective of two Arab Muslim hijabi women um, and kind of the misconceptions and judgments. Uh, And comments that they got from people in the Arab community and people in the Canadian community when they moved to Canada. Today, we're going to be looking at the opposite side of that story. So we're Mm -hmm. accompanied here by Nuj and Rana, and they're both going to be telling us a little bit about their experiences as non-Hajabi women um, in Canadian society and in the Arab society. Yeah,
1: I'm excited for this episode. Um, And honestly, I feel like We always tend to talk about the hijabis and I completely respect that. And um, we always, I feel like there's always a need to kind of shed light on that. But you know what? It's time to reverse the tables and talk about some of the things that us as non-hijabis might go through, some of the positives and negatives. And so, Rana, I'm actually going to open up the floor to you.
0: Um, We'd love to learn more about you. If you can tell, introduce yourself a little bit.
2: Okay, my name is Rana Maru for... As my dad likes to say, it's a long name. Serena Adnan, Nayf, Hamad, Mahmoud. I don't know. It goes <laughs> on and on, and they're all the same names. But the Arab curse. <laughs> um, yes, the Arab curse. And yeah, my name is Rana Maruf. I am Palestinian uh, from Lebanon. Um, I am also born and raised in the UAE in Abu Dhabi. I'm Canadian as well, and I've lived in Canada for 12 years. I have done my uh, undergrad and my master's in economics, and I'm currently on the hunt and on the lookout for a job. So let me know if you guys have any
1: recommendations.
0: <laughs> <Yes>.
1: <laughs> and yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> something interesting about all of this, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but the last name. <laughs> <laughs> the la- Yeah. I mean, my name is also Noor Aymad Muhammad Mohammed Mahmoud Nay. Oh, I forgot no, my Naif. grandfather. Nay, Muhammad Mahmoud. <laughs> 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 Sorry, my name is Noor Ahmad Naif Muhammad Mahmoud, and it, it's a continuous it Muhammad Mahmoud Maruf. Yeah. Um, and yeah, actually, Irena and I are cousins, and we've grown up together in Abu Dhabi. She ended up leaving me and coming to Canada Aww. without me <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> when we were when we were twelve. But we were actually really, really close when we were younger, mm-hmm. right? We're
0: very close. And we pulled
1: each other's hairs a little bit, but that's
2: fine. Yeah, gone to tiny arguments. Fighting is a sign
0: of a healthy relationship.
2: Exactly. That's very true.
1: Actually, you
0: know what's funny is that I was talking to her a couple of
1: days ago, and I'm like, oh, yeah, because we're talking about the Father's Day episode. And I'm like, yeah, I I feel like I got a lot of beatings. And she comes up to me, and she's like, girl, I got a beating with you for no reason. (laughs) Honestly, it was just whatever was in sight would get hit. Literally, that's how it was. Unfortunately, unfortunately. (laughs) okay, but um, I think that Rena, you have a journey with the hijab, Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm actually gonna leave the floor up to you to kind of tell us a little bit about your journey with it. We've talked a lot about it, and you've also Mm -hmm. shared some things with Nura. So, do Mm -hmm. you want to go ahead and start?
2: Yeah, sure. So. yeah, like when I lived in um, the UAE, obviously the hijab is a very like prominent thing over there. It's very big and it's part of also their culture. Sometimes I feel like we also need to distinguish the hijab as not just being a very religious um, piece of clothing. It's also very cultural to some people and the way that it's being dressed and portrayed is different all around the world. Yeah, I um, You don't need to be Muslim to wear the hijab actually. Um, but I have always had a taken an interest in the hijab I absolutely think it's a beautiful thing and when I was a kid growing up I've always wanted to wear it uh, my mom obviously granted that I was a kid yeah and it was like it's not really necessary for you at this age in your life uh mm-hmm. to put the hijab on but and I didn't understand it I was super young and then um fast forward to me living in Canada it became a bigger thing in here because if I don't know if people know about like, once you've experienced living on different sides of the world, you actually understand how like, how people actually observe Islam. And because you ha- you want to maintain that connection and for, to the Middle East, so you actually practice it, I feel like, not practice it more here, but like, people actually want to do these things, they want to feel connected. It became a big thing and it was always talked about, mm-hmm. wear the hijab, do this, do that, to feel connected to your roots and I have always wanted to wear it and but the thing is is like I feel like also with being in Canada things changed in the matter of like how a hijab is perceived so my parents thoughts of how it should have been before that also changed Mm -hmm. and they kind of explained to me how if you want to wear it go for it you can Mm -hmm. and but the thing is is that the hijab is like not like the end all be all of all things it doesn't make who you are at the end of the day it's the content of your character and they just didn't see it as something that was necessary at that moment mm-hmm. but obviously like they did give me the freedom to thankfully do whatever I wanted to do mm-hmm. and that came with more like thoughts and obviously you start thinking more and making sure that you're doing the right decision for
0: yourself mm-hmm. so so you decided not to wear the hijab when you came to Canada right?
2: Well, I put the hijab on like literally for this like one specific moment. I was like, I'm going to leave the house with the hijab on. But not when I, it's not specifically when I came to Canada. I was very young, honestly. Mm-hmm. When you're like 12 years old, like less than 12 years old, you don't really know anything about anything. But when I was here, I think it beca- became more of like, I like I shouldn't, like I, not I don't know how to, like it's not specifically that, I didn't want to put it on or I decided because of Canada, I didn't want to do it. But it became more than more than that to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to practice my own faith through how through, like how I treat people, how I talk to others. It's not just it's not just this piece of clothing that goes on my head and I'm automatically like
0: perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I love that. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about when you came to that realization of I want to be more than just my hijab as a Muslim woman?
2: That's actually a very good question because I felt like growing up, like I've always been in a weird way. Like I would always say, I need to work on myself before I put on the hijab. I need to do this and this better before I put on the hijab. I need to be praying on time and not missing a, like a single prayer before I put on the hijab. But I think to me, that came, I came to a realization when I saw also people who wear hijabis also struggled with these same things Mm -hmm. like this is a very human struggle it does it doesn't like end as soon as you put the hijab on in fact like it's still the same thing like me not wearing the hijab and someone wearing the hijab we struggle the same way if anything i sometimes
1: feel like sorry to cut you off right now i feel like sometimes hijabis might have it a little bit more harder than us it's not hijabis Mm -hmm. yeah in what way no we tend to get more, like us as non-hijabis tend to get more scrutiny from our Muslim community. Mm -hmm. Um, However, I think hijabis are, because they're minorities, um, they tend to have it bad from every angle. So Mm -hmm. I think in that, in that way, we're a little bit more privileged, I would say. Mm -hmm. Mm Mead,
0: what about your journey with, I guess, not wearing the hijab? (laughs) No,
1: I mean, My, my journey with, the hij- with not wearing the hijab is, I think it's really simple. Um, I grew up, I think to me, I grew up with the idea, because they're all kind of connected together. The hijab is a representation of Islam. Um, and while I was growing up, I felt that I was taught to fear Islam and not to love Islam. So like, even if I was doing any sort of, isla- any ritual from Islam, I was never doing it because I loved it. I was doing it because... I feared it. I feared the consequences of it, or what might come my way, and so, and so I'm I'm gonna be very honest with you. I feel like there were times where I felt okay. I do want to wear the hijab. Um, several times, I looked at myself in the mirror, and I'm like, oh my god, I look so beautiful in this. <laughs> um, but I never, I never did it, and I never did it because I never felt on the inside I was ready to take such a leap. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like if I were to do it, I want to do it right. And I think that I'm human and I still make a lot, a lot of mistakes that I'm still learning from, I would say, as a Muslim Mm -hmm. and as a human. Mm -hmm. And so like, if I were to to pick up the hijab one day and wear it, it'd have to be for me where I'm I'm at a place where I'm fully convinced to do it.
0: Mm -hmm. That is very important. I think wearing the hijab does come from Conviction on the inside, but I'm kind of curious. Did you go through something similar with being uh, taught to like fear religion? Is that why the hijab was maybe once on your mind? Is there any connection there?
2: I think just like from like religious, um you know, like religious like religion classes that we took when we were kids. We took religion uh, classes together. Together. Oh, you guys were yeah. in the
0: same class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah.
2: So. Yeah, I think it stems from there because I don't feel like anyone truly like explained to us what it means to like, like what it means to have love for your religion Mm -hmm. to the extent that we should. I think people always have this concept and image of like God being a scary one rather than a loving one, especially Mm -hmm. in like certain, in certain areas. And I think it's because they're very like conservative. So maybe that's the reason for that. Or they're very literal with how they want certain things to be done. Yeah. Uh, I think we should also emphasize like more so on like the forgiveness aspect. Like there's a lot of people that don't understand, like you can be forgiven for a lot of things, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, But yeah, like, I think it just stems from that. And uh we were always taught to fear God rather than love God. And it made me like at a certain point, like not understand, like, what is it? Like, why, why mm-hmm. is that happening? Especially when you're a kid, you don't really understand yeah. what's going on. And um what
0: was the question? <laughs> <laughs> We've done that before too. Oh, the, question. Um, the, the ah. question? was: Have you were you kind of in the same situation where you were taught to fear your religion, and that's kind of the reason why the hijab was on your mind? <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I've done that before. Don't worry. Like no, I completely forgot. Th- these are the moments when you go on tangents that we yeah. reach yeah. new topics yeah. and new ideas. So yeah. totally I mean, fine. <laughs>
1: I think I would. I I'd like to add. Um, I don't know, but in my experience, I just want to add something to Rana's point is that I think I absolutely agree with her that we fear, we were taught to fear God instead of love him. And so in a sense, I feel like that really drove me away from the religion and away Mm. from the faith more than pull me closer to it in a sense.
2: I actually have the opposite experience. Really? Because I felt like the people that were teaching me didn't understand it. And I had to embark on my own journey to actually understand what my religion actually taught me. And it actually made me closer, I feel. That's Mm -hmm. amazing.
0: So because you couldn't get those answers from the people who were teaching your religion, you had to go look for your own answers. A
2: hundred percent. That's wonderful.
0: So do you feel like you're now on a different journey of learning how you can love your religion and love God?
2: I feel like I understand my religion more now that I have that image of a loving God in my head. Mm. I feel like I don't need to stress out over the littlest things and be like, oh, my God, if I did this wrong, I'm done. I I will never be forgiven. I will never enter heaven. I will never get this and that. No, it doesn't work like that.
0: Yeah, that was the case.
2: then no one would have made it into heaven.
0: Absolutely, that's a very good point. And speaking of those stressing on the little points thing, I know that that's what society does and what culture does mm-hmm. to us. So, what kind of comments have you gotten about your about not wearing a hijab? I mean, in maybe Arab culture or Arab society, and then what kind of comments did you get when you moved to Canada? If you could just compare the two.
2: Um, to be honest with you, I don't like. I haven't really received any comments like when I was young. Maybe because I was young and I still didn't understand anything. But I think the most I think it's more so, to be honest, there are some things that are done, like it's kind of, I call them microaggressions. Mm. And also there are certain things that are done where it's like people like give you the, the biggest death stare, or they look at you weird. They look at you different. So oh, sorry like, for that. <laughs> right. My, like in my undergrad, obviously like in university, there's always like these places where you can go pray, mm. um, like they're little mosques kind of done for Muslims, like for interfaith groups. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I would always go there, but it came to a certain point where I did feel uncomfortable because people never really took notice to me, never said salam to me. I would, I, I this is the thing I feel like as a Muslim non hijabi you kind of have to make the extra effort to prove your worth in your own community and in your own space. And that's the problem Mm -hmm. that I have. Mm -hmm. Um, People would always give me weird looks. It came to a point where I felt like I didn't even want to go there anymore. I can just like pray wherever it is. If it's in between, you know, um, shelves in the library, wherever that may be, Mm -hmm. just to do my own thing, I would actually, I started doing that. And that experience, and I gave it another shot when I started my master's. Um, I was like, I went to a different university then. And I said, okay, I'm going to go there. And the same thing happened to me. And I noticed that this is a problem that we have within our own Muslim community. Yeah. We judge a lot. And we really need to stop doing that.
0: Yeah, I'm so sorry to hear that. It's, yeah. it's, never, it's never a good thing to feel like you're being outcast by your own community. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry you had to go through that. Mm-hmm. Um, but Nud, have you been through something similar? Um,
1: I think in the terms of comments, I'll answer that. When I was younger, people would always come up to me and tell me, don't cover your hair. It's too nice. Don't think about wearing the hijab. Mm. Um, And it's like, well, first of all, I don't want your opinion. (laughs) Like, (laughs) don't come at me and tell me these kind of things. Um, But I think to me, the one thing that really, really shocked me is coming to Canada and realizing that I'm not going to get judged. For some reason in my head, I always thought, oh, oh my God, if I go to Canada, if I study in university, people are going to mm. judge me for being Palestinian and a Muslim too. Mm. And like I, I, I mentioned this like a hundred times, I'm studying right now in university and most of my class, I would say are foreigners in my, to me, you know, cause I'm Middle Eastern. And not once have I received any sort of judgment from them. Not once have I received any certain looks from them. If anything, the one thing that they comment on is, "Oh my God, you con- you came from Dubai? Do you like shit gold?" And I like my my that's their biggest concern. And to be is honest, is your dad I, rich? Is your dad? Do you wa- do you, yeah. do you guys have gold? And it's like, come on, you know, like yeah. it's fine. But I mean, I think I'm really thankful that that's my biggest problem. Uh, that I had to go through. Um, but I think to Rana's point, I have faced one time a, <laughs> a problem, and I think it's a city that actually Rana, Rana lives in. She's, she's in Edmonton, Alberta, by the way, and I'm in Mississauga, Toronto. And I never f- faced any microaggression, and I attribute that to me living in a multicultural society over here. You have people from different backgrounds. But, I, but in Edmonton, I would say there's a big, big, big Muslim... And Arabic population over there, and so last year I went to a wedding, and I, I, I told her another the story. I was wearing a dress now the, the the dress is a little provocative in the Arab ter- in the Arabic terms you know <laughs> like it 's not the most decent um, I, like the entire back was kind of showing, and you know it's not it 's not modest, I would say okay, and i decided yeah i 'm going to wear this because you know what? I look hot in it. And to be honest with you, I, for the rest of, like, I was wearing a scarf because I was like, you know, I'll take it off over there. I couldn't even remove my scarf off my shoulders, although I really wanted to show my beautiful dress because of two things. Because one, I would say 90% of the women um, were hijabis. And so when a, a lot of them are hijabis, you feel this, I don't know if it's in my head, it's something that I've created in my head, Um, but I you feel pressured in a sense to look a certain way or to act in a certain way. But then the other thing is that I felt like I was getting judged a little bit for wearing such a sexy dress in their mm-hmm. eyes. Um, it just really made me uncomfortable. And I was really conscious the entire night to make sure that I'm not kind of provoking anyone or annoying anyone with what I'm wearing.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a great story. Nude. I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. I feel that, and if we're just so used to judging in Arab society that it makes us expect it from others as well, And probably how it came up in your master's degree where you expected it from the students there as well. But I had a question. Mm-hmm. Um, when you were at the wedding and you were kind of getting those judgments and those looks that made you feel uncomfortable, did you ever feel like there was a difference in how you were judged um, based on, like, is there a generational difference? Was it the older people who were judging you and no judgment came from, no, it was the same no. across?
1: I felt like it was the same across. Here's the thing. I feel like people tend to look at you and they put labels on you. And when they put these labels on you, they create judgments. And in their head, now they just have expectations of you. And so when you, it becomes really hard for you to kind of break that stigma around you, you know, break that thought in that head. And you need to prove yourself 10 times more. And Mm -hmm. I think it's something that I really, I feel personally, I feel like it's a problem for me because Because, for example, I'm also half Lebanese. And when people tend to hear in the Middle East, this is something that I face there, when they hear that I'm half Lebanese, they automatically assume that I'm this person that goes out and does shisha, goes out with guys, has fun, drinks. But I'm not that. You You just created a label in your head that suited you, but didn't work for, but isn't for me. And so I just... It's it's difficult. You have to you have to navigate through that and then also on top of that you have to prove yourself ten times more to be able to kinda get the respect in a sense.
0: Yeah, it's unfair that you have to work to break down the stigma that they've attached to you. Yes. It's like working backwards in a way.
1: Yeah. I feel like to me to me, I don't know Dana if you've ever faced this, but like for example, if if we're ever like it's, it's so easy for like a hijabi to get that kind of respect and for people to respect her boundaries and for people to be reserved around her. But for mm-hmm. me, it's always been like, Oh, you're, you're, you're not a hijabi. You wear short skirts sometimes, or you like what you like, you, you don't necessarily dress up mm-hmm. in a very modest cool. manner. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, Oh, let me put my hand around you. Let me touch you. And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't, you don't get to touch me. You know, you don't get to, you need to respect your boundaries with me
0: yeah no that's I've
2: absolutely as- gotten that too like um what's it called? like I was telling you guys before that um just w- like even in my university like undergrad like I've had you know guy friends girlfriends you name it and you know people would always like especially the male counterpart like they would always like label you and tell you or label me I, I should say and tell me oh at least um at least you can't, you dress modestly, at least you kind of cover mm. up. It's better than not doing that or like it's kind of as if like I've made to feel less than. Mm. But it's like what if I didn't? Does that make me actually less than? Like I feel like those kind of those kind of um like the discriminative points that they bring up, it actually hinders you from doing what you want to do. And it it creates a divide between you and your other Muslim, like your fellow Muslim, like a woman in your own community. And you're always like looking, okay, maybe I should dress like this. Maybe I should do this so I can feel included. But I don't think anyone should ever be made to feel that way. I think we should be always included in the conversation, no matter how I dress, no matter what I do, like you you got what i'm saying yeah i yeah, agree absolutely. i
1: think i think also to add to your point i'm just going to build up on that okay. it it to, it creates that divide and it makes us resent sometimes our hijabi muslim friends mm-hmm. um because you look at that person and you sometimes say what's the difference between me and her mm-hmm. and the answer to that is nothing because because sometimes I, I like I'd like to point that out. Sometimes there's hijabis that don't practice properly, okay? And there's hijabis that do, you know? And mm-hmm. it's the same thing that applies to non-Hijabis. There's non-Hijabis that do practice properly and have sometimes even more faith than a hijabi and non-Hijabis that don't. So like don't I, I don't like this judgment that surrounds non-Hijabis that just because they don't wear a piece of cloth on their head, then they're automatically mm-hmm labeled as people that don't practice their faith or they're not spiritual or they're not connected to god Mm -hmm.
0: yeah um you both talked a little bit about how those comments make you feel about your fellow muslims and your fellow like muslim hijabis Uh, what about how those comments make you feel about your own religion and where you fit in that religion
1: i can i can
0: tell you i feel like to me i
1: I always like. I've learned recently to ask myself, "Why do I let others have influence on my faith?" Mm-hmm. Um, it's not about it's not about what they think of me. It's about what's in my heart and how I'm connected spiritually to God. So, to me, um, I've I've always been taught throughout my life that Islam and religion isn't just about praying five times a day, doing Hajj. Um, fasting it's these are the pillars of course but there's more to it you you have to be kind you have to be gracious you have to get an education you have to help the poor there's so much more because at the end of the day there are so many people that pray and then go drink or they pray and then they go have sex or whatever the case is you know and so like if on the inside you're not pure then it just won't reflect on the outside and make you you know Mm -hmm. a good muslim
0: I love that. I love that you brought in that uh, religion is more than just the actions you do to show that you love God. You, have, you also have to show that you love your fellow Muslim. You love your fellow human and how you conduct yourself in society is also part of religion.
1: I agree. Um, and I think it really starts on the inside. And then once you're, when, when you, when it's pure on the inside, it automatically reflects on the outside. I don't know. Do, what, what do you yeah, think? So that? Yeah. Do that again. What do you think, Rena?
0: (laughs) (laughs) In terms of um, what you think of your religion when these people make you feel not welcome, for example. Um,
2: To be honest with you, that really does not change my perspective on my religion. I feel like those that make me feel uncomfortable in my own faith don't understand this faith that they claim to believe in. Mm -hmm. I think if you make someone feel uncomfortable, you clearly have, you need to do, you need to restudy your whole faith and you need to actually learn more about it um like i i also i knew before like at my work uh, that i have currently have a job right now and i work um all most of the people that i work with actually are not muslim Mm -hmm. they're come from many different backgrounds but they they already know through my character and the way that i talk and the way that i carry myself that i'm muslim and there are certain things that you know like i can't have pork I, i don't drink wine um i dress a certain way like you know like i stay modest um you know, like all those kind of stuff, they already know how to conduct themselves around me and they respect me for that, you know? So that that goes to show that you really, like um, it goes to show that it's not just, it's nice to have um, something on your, like it's nice to wear a scarf and it represents you as a visible minority and it shows that you're a Muslim and all that kind of stuff. But it's also not necessary, like not specifically necessary for you to have that on to also, for people to also know that you are a Muslim. There's other ways, absolutely.
1: absolutely. I think also to add to your point, there's one thing we always tend to fixate ourselves and mention that oh a woman is supposed to dress up modestly but you know what we always we also forget that men need to dress up modestly too and like that's the first thing that's mentioned before in the exactly
2: Quran in chapter of Surah nur before even like my, about the woman's yeah suratan an-nur
0: yeah before mine. even before mine. Mine, my name <laughs> my surah <laughs>
1: Yeah, sorry, yeah. you were saying enough. No, I'm saying
2: it's even mentioned before about like how a man should carry himself in society and how he should be modest and respectful of his surroundings before even the woman is mentioned.
1: I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, we always tend to forget that, and and the problem is is that we we come in and I think it's the culture really that gives men so much slack. Like, oh, mm-hmm. it's okay, he's a man, that's okay. But oh, if it's a girl dressing up, how dare she dress up like that how Mm -hmm. dare she not wear the hijab how dare she be this outspoken and it's like i i don't really appreciate that i think we need to hold both men and women accountable especially if it's mentioned in the quran
0: yeah for Mm -hmm. sure i want to just add something to that i also really don't like when people talk about the hijab and bring it in just from the perspective of oh it's so a woman can cover up so a man isn't tempted what do you guys think about that how do you view that?
2: Uh, I disagree I have- with it, oh my God. I had the biggest discussion with one of my university professors because I took religion classes and I was just like- I was like confuzzled and bamboozled by the idea <laughs> that that like Confuzz- I made it up I like confused it. and puzzled
1: Confuzzled. I, I like that yes I
2: was very confused with the with the notion that it's only the woman that for some reason, when she, um, like, that the man is for the only person that sees the woman and sexualizes her, and is, you know, you have to kind of be conscientious, conscien- uh consciousness, no, conscientious, conscientious, thank you. Know, you know, Baba and I were
1: making fun of that word a couple of days ago. But, oh, uh, really? Yeah, yeah.
2: No, but you have to be conscientious of, like, how I'm dressed um, in front of this man. And granted, like, you know, it, it is like, it's up to you. You do whatever you want to do. But at the end of the day, like, there's this notion that for some reason, a woman cannot look at a man and feel the exact same ways that a, that a man feels about a woman. You get what yeah. I'm saying? So yeah. also the man should also take accountability and take notice of and take heed of the things that he does or how he conducts himself or how he presents himself.
1: It's all have- the same way. I agree. But I have two points here, like two things yeah. I really want to mention. One, why, why do we – I'm sorry, I'm like really riled up now. But why do we treat men as if they're animals? Mm-hmm. Why? It's like, our
2: culture. It's our culture. Why?
1: Like, I'm sorry. It's like they're not, you know, they're – okay, granted, there are some. <laughs> you know, that's a whole different topic. But why do we treat men as if they're sexual beings that can't control their urges and the woman takes blame for that? Why? But then the other thing is, oh, I don't know, we talked about this, uh, and I mentioned this to Noura. I grew up on the, uh, did you go, okay, <laughs> uh, Okay. so <laughs> I really don't like it because it mm. really shaped things for me. Um, mm. um, I pretty, have you guys heard of the Lulal metaphor? Yeah,
0: I hadn't until yesterday. I just want to make that clear. I had never in my life heard this, and I was horrified. That's all yeah. I have to say, but continue yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm not horrified, I'm disappointed, I'm angry, and it upsets me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, well, let me explain what the lollipop metaphor, first of all. So it, it tells you that, apparently, well, they pose this question, first of all, they ask you, they come up to you, they say, would you go, would you eat a lollipop that is wrapped, okay, or would you eat a lollipop that is unwrapped and has ants crawling all over it? And dust, and it's on the ground. And it's on the ground. And you know what's sick and makes me sad is that they're comparing – well, first of all, they're comparing a woman to a candy, okay, which is – what is that, okay? And the second – yeah, and the second thing is that they're saying that the wrapped lollipop is the hijabi and the non-wrapped lollipop that is dirty and filthy is the non-hijabi. And, like – they, they really put that or they frame that idea in your head or insinuate that that girl that doesn't wear the hijab is filthy, she's dirty, she's not good for society, and no one would want her. And I grew up with that notion and it made me feel bad for the longest time. It made me feel like, okay, I guess I'm not a good person at all. So I don't deserve to be treated right. And it's, it's, it's not true. It's, it's not That's true so at all. so messed up. I'm so yeah. sorry. Yeah. Yeah I don't know what are your thoughts on it I I don't know cuz it tr- it still bothers me till this day that To be
2: honest with you yeah like I especially when you see a lot of like hatta like sheikhs for example talking about it you know, that's how it's not like that was back in the day. I feel like recently the sheikhs that I listened to like absolutely will not talk that way. And I will not even listen to them if they did talk that mm-hmm. way. Um, but there has been that notion of like or even like on Instagram memes and all that kind of stuff. Would you want this or would you rather that something that's dirty, thrown on the ground, unwanted, undesired for whatever reason? It's it's gross. It just it, I don't know. It makes you feel a certain type of way that you're not worthy enough
0: to be of course, that in your own stuff. society
2: yeah and your own community it's just weird i don't like it yeah not a fan
0: oh i'm sorry that you went (laughs) through that (laughs) and i hope that we can change that discussion moving forward too like even between us that doesn't come up you know i hope that our kids will never have to go through something like this or be told something like that either Uh, but speaking of that that's one of the probably the pressures that you've gotten from society but um have you ever gotten pressures from family to wear the hijab no for me at least
2: yeah
0: but even extended family what about you rana
2: like i was just gonna say no like not from my own family members like my direct like my siblings my parents know mm-hmm. but obviously you'll hear it from like extended family members when you have like co- some cousins that choose to wear the hijab mm-hmm. and then you know you'll hear the automatically oh she's better than her mm-hmm. you get that wow. comparison oh like she's better than her she wears the hijab she's you know more on her dean this one's not on her dean for whatever reason it's made out to be so you obviously get these comparisons and it's not good but yeah, just from extended family so it doesn't really bother me to be honest
1: with you because the like it doesn't affect me you know yeah <laughs> yeah And know but I, I i agree with you i don't feel like um like any pressure that i might have gotten was pretty much societal pressure more than mm-hmm. family pressure or even um religious pressure because again I've always been taught that there's, there's, yes, hijab is an obligation, but there's more to religion and Islam than just wearing um, a scarf. And, and to me, to be frank with you, I feel like um, it's, it's modest. Like the hijab to me represents living a modest life, more than just the cloth itself, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't bother me. <laughs> like i'm glad I, I it's feel okay like we're good yeah yeah i feel
0: like if you're in that kind of place and you're really happy in who you are as a person and how you present yourself without the hijab so maybe i was wondering if you guys had any um positives that you feel about you as a muslim woman who doesn't wear the hijab
1: um any positives i feel like i'm such a i'm really proud to be the muslim that i am today because mm-hmm. i feel that there's a lot for me that I have learned along the way. And of course, there's still a lot for me to learn. Um, But just the way that I hold myself and conduct myself and the compassion that I tend to um, practice with people um, just really engraves in me the Muslim that I am. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think that I, I'm more to me than just my, what I'm wearing um, than just what I'm, what I look like. Um, And I'm, I'm in a happy place right now and I think that I'm at peace with my religion and with my faith and I can't ask for anything more to be honest. Mm-hmm. That's great. I'm really glad. What about you to know? Um,
2: so I think for me it's more so than, it's not necessarily like a positive, like I don't know if it's, a, I don't know if I would frame it in the sense that it's a positive thing mm-hmm. for me not to wear the hijab because I think the hijab is a beautiful thing and I hope one day like I could wear it or I, I, I don't know if I will, but I hope one day I do that. But I think more so it's that it's made me reflect on my own religion. It's made me think for myself. It's made me realize that there's more to it than the physical outer appearances mm-hmm. that I portray to society. It's um, definitely shaped who I am as a person, the way that I talk to others, the way that I think. I think that also
1: one thing – sorry, I just want to add one more thing. I feel like also um, like the positives, It it really taught me to – appreciate people for who they are more Mm -hmm. um hijabi not hijabi Mm -hmm. um asian black indian middle eastern syrian lebanese doesn't matter you know Mm -hmm. um it made me understand that what what really matters is just the more of the human connection more than just the what they look like or what they wear
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm and Rena, I'm really glad that you kind of rephrase that question before answering it because it's not necessarily that it's positive that you're not wearing it but there are positives that still came from you Mm -hmm. not wearing it and i was and i was wondering like talking about that then i was wondering what kind of misconceptions that are out there about hijabi women that you would like to like put an end to right now and that question is to both of you guys if you like the floor is open to you yeah
2: (laughs) i'll I'll go first because this is a big thing that i dealt with um with people go ahead the floor is is all yours girl thank you thank you my dance floor right now but anyways uh (laughs) uh, no it's a big misconception is the fact that like um automatically for some reason the hijabi is like is portrayed to be that person that like has uh, has all of the knowledge of islam Mm-hmm. to me that i don't understand like what th- what does that have to do with anything and obviously hijabis that are very knowledgeable and all that kind of stuff but a person that doesn't wear hijab actually knows that her like she can know her religion she can study her own religion yeah. she knows just as much as her hijabi counterpart so i think that's a miscon- misconception that i dealt with where it was always like if anyone had a question it was always directed to the hijabi girl and i was completely disregarded or out of the out of the conversation Mm -hmm. just because I didn't wear the hijab or it was assumed that I didn't have any sort of knowledge so Mm -hmm. that 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 for me is my
0: answer Mm, sorry what was the question again it was what kind of (laughs) what misconceptions (laughs) about not wearing the hijab would you want to put an end to right now but before I move on to your answer I just want to say Dana that's very interesting because in the first hijab uh, episode Mina and I talked about how there is this misconception of as being more conservative and therefore more knowledgeable about their religion, and we Mm -hmm. hated that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm glad you brought that up this time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so what about you, Um, I
1: think that, to me, like, that's a... uh, Just because I don't wear the hijab doesn't mean you can't respect me. Mm.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I think that's a big one for me because um, I've always gotten this kind of treatment that I'm less um that I'm you know I shouldn't be respected people like people can't have boundaries with me when I when I need them to have these boundaries with me Mm -hmm. um just because I don't wear the hijab and I think that also another thing for me is that just because I don't wear the hijab doesn't mean I drink doesn't mean I have sex doesn't mean I go out and do whatever the hell I want no I'm conservative in my own way Mm. and just because I don't dress up in that manner doesn't mean I am not all those things so just Mm. watch out and next time you decide to approach a non-hijabi just ask about her boundaries and what she kind of wants and needs from you and how to act Mm. around her more than just assume things about her
2: hand clap emojis
1: Very well done. Thank you,
0: you guys. Um, Is there anything else you'd like our listeners to know?
1: I think I'll just read something that I wrote yesterday. Hmm. Um, I'll just say that Um, I wrote yesterday that you'll always find arguments that are going to be for wearing the hijab and against wearing the hijab. But at the end of the day, the choice is up to you. And I, I emphasize that I emphasize that it, it really is on you whether you want to wear the hijab or not. Mm-hmm. If you decide to wear the hijab, then to me personally, I hold that person to a certain responsibility and you have to make sure that you embody the hijab in a good manner. But I still understand that we are humans and sometimes we slip and that's totally okay. And if you do not wear the hijab, just remember that you're not less respected or less Muslim than a woman wearing the hijab. What matters at the end of the day is what's in your heart.
0: Oh wonderful. I feel like we need to clap again. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Anna, do you have
2: anything? Yeah. Yeah. So my biggest takeaway I would say is that we have to like very much emphasize, kind of in a way rephrasing what Nude is saying, we have to emphasize that Akhla is half of your deen. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest takeaway for me at least. And also that we just basically need to stop the labels the judgments the assumptions we -hmm. should really be judged by the content of our character and not how we um how we present ourselves to society also like by our physical sense Mm -hmm. so i am trying to say in the sense that we conduct ourselves with people our akhla our manners all that kind of stuff um those that choose to wear the hijab it's an absolutely beautiful thing and they obviously get a lot of judgments and discrimination because they're a visible minority you can spot them out easily that that really sucks honestly but I really hope that we can also change that um for us it's more so I would say like we were talking about it that it's more so from our own communities yeah and we also obviously need to work on that and we need to realize at the end of the day that we're all humans we sin the same way we love the same way you know um the hijab uh, doesn't prevent you from sinning it's your akhla that does and for me that's how i choose to live my life
1: mm, that's beautiful you, you guys Thank can we end this this hijab uh, episode on a note where we really applaud and give a hand to both hijabis and non-hijabis and i'm gonna remove that hijabi and non-hijabi labels and call them muslim women regardless of what you wear yes it sounds mm-hmm. wonderful amazing
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, you guys. Both laughs too. That was wonderful. Thank you. And I'd love to say that just just to add on to Nur's point, we as Muslim women have the same message. In Mm -hmm. at the end of our takeaway message at the end of the hijab episode was please don't judge people based on what they look like, what they wear. Judge them based on who they are and how they present themselves. And that was exactly what the both of you also wanted this takeaway message to be. Mm -hmm. So it just shows we are united. We just need to stop judging and remove the, labels please Remove too. labels yeah. <laughs> seriously yeah. so thank you guys that was beautiful Rena, thank, thank, you. thank you for being our guest thank on you, this Rena. episode and thank, thank you for the amazing day. questions cuz oh. that was like very hard hitting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted yeah. to help you tell your story because yes. it is important and I'm glad that we can give it. voice to women who are being judged for not doing something yeah. that society tells them they should be. Yeah. So and amazing. I think
1: that it's also super empowering to hear the non-hijabi point of view. So mm-hmm. yes.
0: yes. I just want to say first. There's always I,
1: two sides to every story. Yes. Mm. Yes. <laughs> um, I just want to say, Anjad, like, honestly, thank you guys so much for a wonderful like really yeah. wonderful episode Noura thank you so much for your questions oh, they were amazing uh, Rana thank you for being brave to come in and share your stories mm-hmm. with us and your opinion it, it takes a lot of courage to do that yeah. thank you
2: absolutely
0: yeah peace thank you and guys. love
2: thank you for letting <laughs> me be on here
0: everything. <laughs> yeah. okay. all
2: right Bye. thank
0: you guys and thank you to our listeners and Thanks. we'll catch up with you next episode. Thank you. Bye.